During what has been described as an incoherent speech this past Thursday evening in Nashville, Donald Trump did something that could absolutely blow up his legal defenses in multiple different cases that he is facing because Donald Trump praised the insurrectionists, capital rioters for their quote, tremendous spirit, their tremendous spirit as they stormed the capital of the United States, committing what many believe to be an actual insurrection. Now, here's why that is a huge problem for Donald Trump. First and foremost, the United States Supreme court has yet to issue their decision on whether or not Donald Trump can be expelled from the ballot using section three of the 14th amendment that prohibits anyone who engaged in or supported an insurrection against the United States. Colorado Supreme court obviously said Trump supported it by not doing anything, but this little piece of evidence shows that not only did he support it by not doing anything, but he is now offering vocal verbal support to the insurrectionists themselves. Now, the issue with that obviously is that we already had arguments in the case. If we had not had those arguments yet, this would have been front and center because this is very clear cut Donald Trump supporting the actual insurrectionists, like no doubt about it. That is what that statement is. And that alone would disqualify him from the ballot. If we had a fair Supreme court, they would also take this into consideration even after arguments have been considered, but we do not have a fair Supreme court. We have a stacked uh, pack of conservative ideologues who are not going to kick Donald Trump off the ballot. If it were based on the facts, if it were based on the law, it would be a unanimous decision to bar Donald Trump from being on the ballot this year. And this statement, if arguments had not already happened, would probably be introduced as exhibit a, but even if it doesn't hurt him in the Supreme court case, which again, it could, and it should probably won't, it will destroy him in the civil lawsuits that he is facing because he missed the deadline to appeal the fact that he doesn't have immunity in those. So he has to face those civil lawsuits from the Capitol police officers that were injured from lawmakers, uh, from civil rights groups. So he's still going to be sued for his involvement in the Capitol riot. This statement right here is going to be presented to jurors telling them, look, he still supports them to this day. He supported them on the day of January 6th. He supports them to this day. That is why he is responsible for the injuries my client sustained. It's a damn powerful argument, not to mention the fact that he still does have that criminal trial in front of judge Tanya Chutkin. That does include some of the events of January 6th itself. So this is probably a statement that Jack Smith is going to want to pay close attention to, but either way, Trump continues to go out there saying stupid things that will eventually come back to bite him. And for the record, that wasn't even the first time that week that he said something that's going to hurt him in court. Let's not forget that just a couple days prior to that, he went on Laura Ingram's program on Fox news and admitted that, yeah, he defied the subpoenas for the documents because he was entitled to have them. So I think the best case scenario for the Democrats right now is just let Trump keep running his mouth because every time he opens it, he makes his legal problems so much worse.
Now, we know from reports over the last few months that insiders with Donald Trump, advisors, people close to him, they've been warning him, do not pick Marjorie Taylor Greene to be your running mate. It's been rumored, of course, that she is on the shortlist. However, Trump revealed his shortlist this week and, uh, you know, no green, but, uh, his advisors tell him that's a very stupid idea. She doesn't appeal to anybody outside of her district. That's going to be political poison if you do that. But green is not deterred because according to Marjorie Taylor green in an interview she gave this past week to the Atlanta journal constitution, it's not necessarily the vice presidency that she's after. No, she has her eyes on a much different prize. Here is what Green told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution during that interview. I'd be honored to serve President Trump in his next administration in any capacity that he asks me, but I'm certainly particularly interested in homeland security. I think it's the top issue in the country. Okay. Well, voters disagree with you. They, they don't think immigration and all that is actually the top issue. The top issue of course, is the preservation of democracy itself. The economy is up there. Immigration a few months ago actually was number one, but it has now fallen. So it's not the top issue facing the country. So green who's in her second term in Congress. Okay. Her second term, this is the start of her fourth year in in the house of representatives, right? The lower body. So she is not an experienced politician. She didn't even come from a political background that she built upon. She just straight up went to the house, spent two years, not even on a committee. So she doesn't really have a whole lot of political experience. I would put my 20 years in political media as more experience than she has in three years as a lawmaker. So why does green think that she's even qualified to be the secretary of Homeland security? Oh, don't worry. She has an answer for that too. Coming from a background in an executive position. I feel very strongly about being capable for that role. You owned a gym. So are you saying Marjorie that every gym owner in the United States by virtue of owning a gym is qualified to be the secretary of the department of Homeland security that not only oversees the borders in the United States, but is in charge in fact of all counterterrorism operations conducted by the United States. You owned a gym. Therefore you're an expert in counterterrorism and monitoring terrorist threats. I, I don't, I, I don't see how the pieces of that puzzle fit together. Like, yeah, I used to tell people in my CrossFit gym, you know, to lift weights this way. So obviously I can take on ISIS. What? How, 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 what are you going to challenge ISIS to an arm wrestling contest? See who can do the most pull-ups. Whoever loses has to go away forever. That's, that's not a qualification. And prior to owning your gym, you worked at a construction company that was actually owned by your mommy and daddy. So you're a bit of a Nepo baby. And also no offense to any gym owners or construction workers out there, but working in the office at a construction company does not give you any qualifications whatsoever to be in charge of the entire department of Homeland security for the United States of America. This, this individual is absolutely delusional. And the worst part is if Donald Trump gets back in office, She's going to get that position. 
because she wasn't saying this to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, even though that's who she said it to. She's saying this to Donald Trump. She is letting him know that I don't need to be vice president. You give me Homeland Security and all is good. That is a horrifying thought that unfortunately could very easily become a reality by this time next year. Apparently from now until the election, CNN has decided that they're going to hold little weekly focus groups with voters. And uh, they started their first one this past week where they gathered up a gaggle of Republican voters in South Carolina, obviously the next big prize. Um, so they spoke to these Republican voters about who they're supporting in the Republican primary and why are they supporting these people and not supporting the other person. And one Republican voter actually spelled out very clearly why she will not ever vote for Donald Trump. And honestly, the reason that she gives is something that the Democrats need to highlight in campaign ads starting today. But before we get to her response, I have to read this from another Republican on that focus group. The first one said, talking about Trump, I did not vote for him in 2016. I was aggravated with his language and the way he had had to have a nickname for everybody and none of them were flattering. But what he did in those four years made me a supporter. And that's when the other Republican voter chimed in to the rhetoric piece that you just said that was, that's the main reason why I'm not voting for him this go around, because I think about him as an educator who, who I would want to work with as a principal. I would never, I would never want to work for Donald Trump. I would never want him around my kids that I'm teaching. I don't think he is the role model that we need for our country right now. I wouldn't want him around my kids that I'm teaching. Now you can distill that down a little bit more. Like I wouldn't want Donald Trump around my kids. I think that's a pretty powerful statement. And of course the whole role model thing, obviously Donald Trump is not a role model for anybody. Even that one Republican voter was like, man, I hate the way he nicknames everybody, but he sure accomplished a lot in those four years. Don't ask me to name anything. Cause I can't idiots. Um, I'm sorry. It does piss me off. Like what do you did in those four years? That's great. It is your duty. I don't care if you're conducting a focus group. It is your duty as a fucking journalist to ask them to list those things. It pisses me off that we see this kind of journalistic malpractice on a regular basis. If a Republican tells you that four years of Trump was great, it is your duty as a human being, not just a journalist, but as a human being say, give me the list. What did he do? None of them can answer that question truthfully because he didn't do a damn thing. Sorry, pisses me off. But anyway, back to the point of Donald Trump, not, not being around children, which I think is a great idea. Definitely not the kind of guy you want around your kids. Even if they're not your kids, just kids that you're teaching as this teacher pointed out. Yeah, he's a horrible role model. And to be honest, Hillary Clinton actually had a super powerful ad back in 2016 that featured little uh, children looking at a a television that was showing clips. They weren't really watching them of Donald Trump saying these horrific things, mocking the disabled reporter, uh, you know, the access Hollywood tape. Democrats do need to bring that back. Character matters. 
And apparently it even matters to some Republican voters because another one, after the first one said that another one came back and said this, the issue I have with Donald Trump is his demeanor and his language and how he treats people and women. We live in a very polarized country and I feel that Donald Trump is very much on a vengeance campaign. He is on a vengeance campaign. He's literally said that, but I I do take issue with like, I don't like how he treats people and women. Women or people <laughs> like you don't, you don't have to separate those two groups. You don't have to say like, we need to stand up for people and women. Women are people. You, you are a woman who said this, like, <laughs> so if you want to single Trump out for the way he speaks to women in general, that's fine. But don't say like, oh, well, here's people and here's women. Like don't separate those two. That is very weird. But either way, as I said, Democrats, hit this issue, hit the character issue because Trump is dangerous. He's a dangerous role model for our children. He'd be dangerous being in the same physical vicinity of our children. Use that to your advantage because even Republican voters are disgusted by it. Donald Trump has had absolutely no problem whatsoever vanquishing all of his Republican primary opponents. And sure, Nikki Haley's still in the race, but she's really not in the race. She just happens to be there. Trump is going to be the Republican nominee, and it's probably one of the easiest, you know, uh, primaries for the Republicans that we have ever seen. Trump's got this thing on lockdown. He's going to win every single state. Now, I say that to tell you this part. Even though Donald Trump is cruising to an easy primary victory, he is struggling in one of the most important aspects of his campaign, actually multiple important aspects of his campaign, but let's focus on the first one here. According to a recent report, Donald Trump is unable to pack his rallies anymore. And I say recent report, uh, because obviously we just got one two days ago, but over the last two years, (laughs) The reports have come out showing, you know, Donald Trump can't pack the rallies. People aren't showing up. They're leaving within 15 minutes of him beginning to speak. We've seen the videos. I've shown you the videos of people leaving even 10 minutes into his speech, all the photographs of all the empty chairs. And then on Thursday, when he held his little rally in Nashville, they had to remove over 300 empty chairs before he took the stage because they did not want Donald Trump getting up there and speaking and talking to a bunch of empty seats. So before he got up on stage, organizers had to scramble out there in the crowd and take away all the empty chairs and put them away so that Trump didn't think, you know, it was only half full, even though he could look at all the empty space in the back where the chairs used to be. Either way, Trump can't pack a rally and that is a huge problem for him. Now, granted, he was three hours late, so that may have played a role, except, of course, for the reporters who were there the entire time waiting, who have admitted those chairs actually never got full to begin with. It's not that people showed up and left because he was three hours late. It's that nobody ever showed up to fill those seats in the first place. And that is a trend that has been getting worse for Donald Trump over the last few years, and that hurts him. His power in 2016 which was taken away from him to a degree in 2020 because of COVID, but his power was those rallies. He could pack an arena with 10, 15,000 
people, maybe even more. Like we cannot take that away from him. He had the power to do that. People loved it. I get to go and I get to see this man with my own eyes. He's 20 feet away from me. That's a big deal. But he can't do it anymore because people don't care. And an LA Times columnist actually laid out a good reason why Trump's not packing these rallies anymore, why people aren't coming to hear him talk. This is what Jackie Combs had to say. Again, LA Times columnist. This is what Jackie wrote about a recent rally that Jackie attended. And more than ever, given the scores of criminal charges and mountain of legal penalties he's facing, there are his grievances. These aren't rallies anymore. They're pity parties. Non sequiturs were constant. Trump went from grousing about his Georgia case straight into unrelated and chilling talk of indemnifying police charged with misconduct once he is president. You can stop crime in one day and one hour if you got really nasty and really tough. And there was this. The great capital, Washington, D.C., is under siege. I will always defend Medicare and Social Security, unlike bird brain. I kid you not, that's what he said. If you don't believe me, watch for yourself. Spoiler alert, the man is not fit to be president. So nobody wants to show up and listen to Donald Trump rant and rave like a lunatic about things that they can't even follow. In a speech last week, even before the Nashville one, he he once again went off on, on the faucets and the water pressure and you can't figure this out. Sometimes the hot's on the left and not on the right. And I don't know what's going on. And people are in the audience like, um, sure, maybe. I don't, I don't know. My shower's fine. I, I washed myself today. They don't know what's going on with him. And he doesn't know what's going on with him. And when he does speak in complete sentences and stays on topic, it's as Jackie Calm said, a pity party. Oh, they stole the election from me. Oh, I'm being prosecuted. Oh, this, oh, that, the same crap he's been saying for years. He doesn't have any new songs to perform. So he's just going back to the greatest hits, but he doesn't even remember all the words to his own songs anymore. So nobody wants to show up. Add to that the fact that Donald Trump cannot even raise the same amount of money from his small dollar donors, which were his, you know, core group of donors, it's shrinking too. So it's not just the rally size shrinking, which is filled with everyday people. It's the money he's getting from everyday people where they're going. We don't know. Are they dying off? Did COVID have such an impact on them that they're no longer with us? Or have they simply outgrown this man child that they once supported? I guess we'll find out in November. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.